Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. We're with you for another week here to talk about the Tampa real estate market on the Duncan Duo Show. This is Andrew Duncan of the Duncan Duo, joined by Josh Goodwin with Goodwin Mortgage Group, like we are every Sunday, uh, chatting about what's going on in real estate. And today we want to talk about Airbnbs. It's kind of it's kind of crazy. So like, I felt like the last few years, everybody and their brother became an expert at one of two things. Okay, either cryptocurrency. Okay, so they were they were pushing a coin. You know, whatever coin it is, they became the new expert on yep. cryptocurrency or Airbnbs. And it seems like everybody is doing courses on Airbnbs and how to make money on Airbnbs, how to buy them, how, how to how, all these how to courses, videos, and and unfortunately now there's a little bit of blood in the water with Airbnbs. Now I've personally not owned an Airbnb. Now I'm not saying that they aren't right for the right people, and there aren't situations where it could make sense, or markets where it would make sense, or that it doesn't make sense here. It's just my preference for investment. I'd much rather have longer term rentals, longer term holds, and then obviously I do a lot of flips as well for 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 short term income. But um, according to a new study. There is an Airbnb bust about to happen. There's a hashtag for it. Um, and, and so Airbnb operators in some cities are facing a 50% decline in revenue. So here's what I want to say. If you're a homeowner and you own property that you Airbnb and you're not a real estate agent, there are a lot of people out there that, are, that, that should get ahead of this and sell their house, sell their property, sell their condo. If you've experienced a decline in Airbnb revenue, Hit DuncanDuo.com right now and and send us and let us evaluate your property. Let's get you out of it. Let, let you make your profit because there are a lot of people predicting that this is going to end up hitting Tampa Bay. It's not hitting as much now. We'll get into more of the details. We're going to use this whole segment to talk about it. But there are people out there right now with Airbnbs where the revenues are dropping. And look, it's a huge pain in the you-know-what sometimes. And and when the revenues were incredible, you could go through all that stuff. But when the revenues start to drop and you start to get more vacancies, it becomes a, a, a hassle for a lot of people. Stress factor. It's a, it's a huge stress factor. So there are people out there right now that own one or two or even that own lots of them that that aren't real estate agents or aren't selling real estate agents. And um, I, I think some of them should get ahead of it. You get out now. You've got equity. If this causes a major increase in inventory and, and you know, like like some people expect in some markets, um, you know, you could be behind the eight ball trying to sell your property and miss the mark. Um, you know, the statistic I saw that blew my mind, okay, there are um, – 1.2, wait, here we go. There, is, there are currently 65% more homes listed for rent on Airbnb than are listed for sale. So, I mean, just think about that for yeah. a second. That is a massive amount of homes that are on Airbnb. So imagine 65% more if how many of those come on the market, how much, it, you know. And again, I think the market would take it, and I don't think we'd see a big hit in values, but... Um, there are people that if they keep Airbnb it and they've got mortgage payments and it gets vacancy, they're going to start eating into their profit if they don't get in front of that, if the, if the numbers don't change. And fortunately, and you just, you said this right before the break when we were talking, I don't think it's, it's not hitting Tampa as big yet, but it, it probably will eventually. eventually. So get ahead of that. Don't go to sell it when when the vacancy and all this stuff shows up. Get get If it's a hassle for you, Get out now. We would love to help you. We have other investors that do long-term rentals. We have cash offer programs. Um, and, of course, we can sell the property retail. The nice part about a lot of retail homes 
or, or Airbnb homes to sell retail is already staged. They're kept up nicely because they kind of have to be. And you don't and, and you can you know block the calendar on Airbnb to allow it to be shown and sold. Um, because I think there are a lot of people out there that should get ahead of it, get their home sold, get their Airbnb listing on the market. Uh, again, hit us up at DuncanDuo.com. We'll give you an evaluation. We'll let you know what it's worth. But I want to go through some of the data, um, some of the cities that are struggling the most. Well, before you dive into that, yeah. let me add one piece. I think the biggest, and we all know our financial situation right. better than anybody else, right. right? For those of you that may or may not have Airbnb, but you know, for those of you that do, if you're over leveraged out and you pulled some cash out when rates were low, you know, or you refinanced when rates went up so you could pull cash out, keep the Airbnb and you know, you're not making that number, it I agree with you 100%. It's or you're, worth, or you're in an arm? Correct. It's worth a conversation because it will come to us eventually. Yeah. I mean, we're the last to get hit because we're in right. the best state in the world. Yeah, yeah. Florida. Yep. So eventually 100%. it will come. Yeah. And and again, there are a lot of people I think that um so so when I looked at this the the group of people that decide to Airbnb their home, it was it was either the investors buying up houses to rent them short term, or and this is the group I'm speaking to right now, existing homeowners that bought a house and then thought, you know what, I got a great rate and I'm going to Airbnb my property because I see all these people making crazy money. If that money starts dwindling, uh, sell it, take your profit and walk. Don't let your profit go, but also because it's a hassle. You know, it's a hassle doing it. You know, I own, I've owned lots of rental properties. It's a hassle. And it's a hassle dealing with people and complaints. And then Airbnb deciding not to give you money that somebody damaged your place or Airbnb deciding to give a tenant money back because, you know, you forgot the Wi Fi password mm-hmm. or something happened that couldn't, you couldn't control. The bed wasn't so, made perfectly. Yeah. If, if you are an existing homeowner and you listed your home and you went and bought another house and you've got this extra property and it becomes too much of a hassle, you know, maybe it was not as much of a hassle when revenues were a lot higher. But if you're seeing more vacancy, it might start to make sense to say, you know what, maybe I should sell it and take my profit. This isn't what I want to do. This is how I want to spend my life. And again, that's not to say that the, that it isn't right for some people, but I think a lot of people chose the path to do this because rates were low and because they thought it was going to be easier and because everyone was doing it and because revenues were high. Yeah. When some of that starts to correct, a lot of those people that really aren't professional landlords don't really want to do it, but the numbers just made it so obvious that they had to, now are going to be met with, okay, now this is turning into a more of a hassle. Should I sell it? And 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 there are some people out there that should. And of course, there's some that shouldn't. But correct. again, hit us up at DuncanDuo.com if you're one of those people that's that owns Airbnbs and you want to sell them. Even if, look, even if your Airbnbs aren't local, if you go to that website, you'll get an automatic valuation. You can get an instant cash offer. And whether that's uh, in Tampa Bay or somewhere else in the country, uh, we have partners everywhere uh, across the country that do instant cash offers that are partnered with us that we can have help you in other markets across the country. Again, just go to DuncanDuo.com. So let's, let's talk about the data a little bit. This is where the Airbnb revenue declines are the most. However, the average county, 179 counties were down, 98% of counties that were tracked. So 179 of the 182 counties in America with the most short-term rental listings, revenues were down in 179 of them, okay? The average county experiencing a 29% decline in revenue per listing compared to the three-month period from March to May 2023 of the previous year. Now, again, the top 25 cities, is uh, Tampa in that? No, but there are already cities in Florida that are hitting it. Port there, St. Lucie. There's Lucy. some that I'm 
shocked to see on here. Port St. Lucie, Homosassa Springs, which isn't that it is not too far away from us. So again, I, it, it, I, I think that it's 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 definitely going to happen. The other place that that w- is ground at zero. It says uh, for the Airbnb bust is undoubtedly Phoenix, Arizona. There are a lot of people that compare Tampa to Phoenix, Arizona in terms of our mark, our our, our the makeup of our market, our population, our price point sizes, growth, yeah. And and again, you know, a lot of similarities, right? A huge glut of short-term rental supply with the number of Airbnb rentals increasing in Maricopa County by five hundred percent over the last seven years. I feel like we've seen probably a similar percentage in Tampa. Um, and I, I personally know people that are coming to me and saying, "Oh man, I'm starting to feel the crunch. Do you, you know, what do you think about Airbnbs?" And I've always, I've always told people the biggest obstacle that I felt like to Airbnbs. Um, number one was, is it a short term fad where people are going to decide they want to go back to more hotels? Mm-hmm. Um, number two, and probably the more prevalent one is. Are you going to buy a property and you you're a hundred percent focused and your only you know game plan is Airbnb and then a local city municipality or HOA puts a rule in place that eliminates your ability to do that and then you're stuck mm. and so I've always told people be very cautious about buying in communities that could strike down Airbnb or cities that could start to regulate it closer or tax it more um, because. Again, that could eliminate your your ability to do it. So, so you know, there's there's always reasons why you have to be cautious with Airbnb. But now, if you're buying to Airbnb now, look at the or thinking about doing that. Please look at this data. Please yeah. look at the data. Be cautious if you're thinking about selling. Obviously, we'd love to help you at DuncanDuo.com. But um, again, the, there are people that think that you could get ahead of. This because of the you know kind of the cycle on prices and sell now and get, take your equity gain before you lose the profit that you've made renting it out by having vacancy. Yeah, and so. it's always key. We always think it won't happen to us. We can't ignore the facts. Yeah, the facts and history have, have yeah. told us. But so the article went into the the other thing is that um, you know it, it talked a, the article that I read talked a lot about Phoenix, but it did. Uh, talk about sell-offs in urban neighborhoods and vacation destinations, dense urban areas that have the most Airbnb inventory in big cities and vacation destinations. Guess what? We're, we're kind of both, you know. And again, fortunately, we do have a um, you know a lot of things driving our economy that are making it look good, mm-hmm. um, that, that are helping probably keep us on the tail end of this. But again, I mean, you mentioned it. We won't mention names, but you know, people who have come to you and said. My goodness, my revenues, this is scaring me. Yeah. What's going on here? You know, I'm not getting people renting my place in Tampa. Yeah, I've had a few that are yeah. like, hey, something's not right. Same, same. And what's not right is that we we positioned it and we sold all these courses and everybody wanted to do it. And now we've oversaturated the market. Everyone has thought this is mm-hmm. the new quick, easy, get rich scheme. It was. And it, it was. was. At a time, it was. Yeah. And and it still may be effective and, and for the right situation. But it's not as easy as it used to be, and revenues are definitely dropping. I think they'll definitely come down everywhere. But I, I there was a guy that well, there's a guy I know. He he wrote a study on it in college, in his master's class on ultra high end Airbnbs in certain areas where money is no object. Now, if you're charging someone eight nine thousand dollars a night, if a market's declining and it's let's say it's in the Maldives, that, yeah, that person's not really going to care so much if the market's declining. That Airbnb may withstand the test of time, or even. Here locally in Anna Maria. Right. For five, six days, we'd pay right. 15, 16 grand on an yep. Airbnb. Those places are more insulated than a place in Seminole Heights. Right. Exactly. With no pool. Exactly. 
Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because that audience of people is going to travel and they're going to have net worth. And they have the money and, to And do economic it. cycles and ups and downs and recessions don't affect people worth $100 million. Correct. But it does affect people worth $500,000 yes. or that make a hundred grand a year and not $10 million a year. So so there's no question. It's 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 an issue and I think it's going to be an ongoing debate and, and you're going to see more and more home sellers think about it. And again- Maybe it's not right for you, but we'd love to run the numbers for you. There are a lot of people out there you know, telling what your home is worth. Uh, the nice part about our website where we can tell you what it's worth so you can make a proper evaluation is that we give you the human element, too. So you're going to get an automatic evaluation on DuncanDuo.com for your Airbnb property. But we're also going to reach out and say, hey, let's figure out the features and the conditions and, and all of that stuff. And maybe, maybe the automated systems aren't accurate. Whereas all of the automated websites out there just spit out a number that – as we know, if Zillow was accurate with their home values, they wouldn't have lost billions with a B selling their own homes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So anyway, we're going to continue this conversation after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. Andrew Duncan at the Duncan Duo when we aren't on so when we aren't on air for all of our social channels, uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Twitter and TikTok. I don't do dances on TikTok, but we do put out some pretty educational, <laughs> pretty good educational content. Um, and so, um, you know, we weave in car stuff sometimes too, which is which is kind of interesting. Stuff. I'm a I'm a car guy. I think I've talked about it on the show a few times. I, I love car culture. Um, I grew up in a part of the country. Uh, I grew up, you know, in Indiana, and the Indianapolis 500 is like the big thing. And the first few years that I can remember of my life, like kindergarten to third grade, lived in a property across the street from the Indy 500. My parents rented their yard out for people parking and going to the track. So that's kind of the hearing the cars, the track. That's kind of my love for fast cars when it started. And I've always just kind of had an affinity for it. That's why I've grown a car collection and kind of enjoy you know, the, the interesting thing is, is I have a love of like all cars. Like I, I'm not really a hater of anything. Like I, I have cars that like some people are like, you, you have what? Like they don't make sense to people. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, so you have this car and you have that one. Those things don't kind of combine. And that's the glory and, of it. Yeah. That's the it's best like, part. I like to, I like, you know what? Some days I like, I like driving my Ford Lightning pickup truck and some days I want to drive my Ferrari, you know? Yep. And, and so the, the reality is, is I, I like a variety, you know? And so, um, and and you similarly. I mean, you've got a super cool BMW M3. You love car culture. You're you're you know integrated into a lot of the car stuff. And and um, you've got a friend that's actually going to come on the show in a couple of weeks. So yep. I wanted to give you a chance to kind of talk about him and um, you know what it is that he's doing and how we can kind of talk about real estate and cars yeah. kind of at the same time. Absolutely. So uh, a good buddy of mine who will be on here. His name is Sean Murphy. What I love about that concept, and we'll get into that. I love cars. I love real estate. So Sean has created a luxury high-end car garage. Paddock one. Call it a car condo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. It's got a clubhouse where you could do work. You could host events. Watch F1 races. Car guys get together, do cars and coffee. You have events. You get to store your car collection. That's the best part. Yeah. You can have your own little man cave away from home. Yep. With your cars, motorbikes, whatever. Yep. The stuff it's you great. don't want your wife to know about. <laughs> yes, you just exactly. put it there. You, you just keep it somewhere it. else. <laughs> you know, like, what is this expense? Oh, it's real estate. Yeah, it's you real estate. Oh, don't expense. worry about it. This is a business expense. <laughs> you know, and and so 
Uh, I love the concept. It's it's such a cool concept. We we talked about the concept before on the show, and and I think it's obviously a proven concept. You've seen um, a lot of developers go out and and push the envelope and do this, and and it is. It really is kind of the combination of two things. I you know I love two of the three things I love most besides like my family and business and all that. But like you know I've got basketball, which is which is up there, and then I've got cars and real estate. So it's like for me, it's like man, this is super cool. Mm-hmm. So I lo- I totally love the concept, and it's in downtown, which downtown, is yep. which. If you think about it, people that live in that area, those are not. That's not an area of town that's commonly known for um, having garage space. Correct. You know, people downtown don't have private garages. A lot of condos, yep. things like that. And then you go like to the you know to the north. West of t- t- downtown, you've got Seminole Heights, a lot of bungalows, houses don't have garages. Yep. So to me, this is kind of like, it, you know, it's, it's a perfect location for that audience of people. And of course, also the audience of people that want to travel here, uh, b- buddy up, uh, or maybe they buy and sell cars and they need a place to store, you know, some from time to time. Um, you know, so I think there's a lot of really cool things going on around that. But but the downtown market is is obviously one where people need Correct. Car storage, you know, and and so, but yeah, I love the concept. It's 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 incredibly cool, and um, I'm excited to have him on because I know from what you've kind of described to me, you know, he he obviously wants to do this over you know, and over, over and over again. Yeah. Wants to take this as a blueprint mm-hmm. and take it other places, and I think there's so many cool things with that because of the growth of, of kind of car culture, and 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 again, especially the the need in Tampa being that. Um, you know, you, you have people that want to store their cars here and come down for the winter. Yep. You know, they got a condo, but they don't want to part. They don't want to leave it there all year. Or you've even got guys that have large car collections and, and they just need a place to put, you know, some of them. And and so there's there's a whole audience of people that need it. And it's it's relatively affordable for for what it is. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, um, well, so the best part, it's real estate. Yeah, it will appreciate. Right. And you get the benefit of all of the other things that you can do. So car-related businesses, I think, obviously are no-brainers. And again, the guys with car collections, the people that also just kind of want a place to hang out with other like-minded people, you know? Mm-hmm. it's it, And I, I found it interesting because I thought about it when I was at uh, Armature Works for the last uh, Rides by the River. I took my McLaren to, uh, to Armature Works for the last Rides by the 720, River. 720, right? Yeah, I took my 720, yeah. And so... Um, the tough part about having nice cars and going to events like that is that there are a lot of people that don't have nice cars and and don't know how to Etiquette. take care of other people's stuff. Etiquette. People sitting on your car. I had a woman on rollerblades fall onto the car. Was trying to like take and I'm I'm not lying. You was like crunched over trying to take like and fell trying to take <laughs> like the the Instagram photo like you know you know what I'm talking about yeah. right like the st- the stealthy yeah. like cloudy like I want to show off on Instagram and pose with this car and literally fell in the car and I almost lost it. I, I immediately left because I was like I'm not gonna say anything because. I mean, what are you going to do? What's like, the outcome? Yeah. yeah, it didn't do any damage. I mean, his fingerprints and, you know, what smudges, but it didn't do any damage. But it's like, man, don't like. Respect. I, yeah, have some respect. So the thing that I like, part of the reason that I go to events like that is to hang out and see and talk to other car owners. Yeah. I don't go. I personally don't go because I want to have other people see my car. No, it's something like, in common. For me, it's like, yeah, people. it's exactly like I'm going there to look at the other cars and see the other people. And the cool thing about a paddock one type thing is you can almost do like little private events where people bring their cars out. And you're not worried about the public showing up no. and like falling on your car, no, you know, like blades. Yeah, yeah. And and again, 
and and I didn't even have like there were cars there worth over a million dollars and yeah. and like and maybe they don't have the same concern that I have but but it's a concern for I me. Would, I, I would say ninety percent of car enthusiasts feel the same way you do if yeah. not more. Yeah, I mean yeah. I've even seen videos like parody videos of people like you know making fun of people that like don't touch other people's stuff like don't sit on the car don't like like show yeah. some respect you yeah. know what I mean but but again. People just today well, don't those have are the it. old want, graces that we grew up with that aren't really around anymore, right? Yeah, they want to grow. They want to show off on the gram, and they want to put their hands on the hood and act like it's theirs. And it's like you know, it's just. But that's what I. That's what I love about the garage condo concept is because then you can you can you can control the audience a little bit more than being in a public location. Correct. You can have events like that that truly are enthusiasts to get a chance to talk to each other about cars instead of spend half their time you know worrying about. You know, somebody somebody falling on it on rollerblades, you know? So right. well, anyway, we're going to continue this conversation about the Tampa Bay real estate market after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show. Andrew Duncan at the Duncan Duo, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Um, we're everywhere at the Duncan Duo. Uh, Josh Goodwin from Goodwin Mortgage Group uh, joining us today like he is every Sunday with me as my co-host here on the show. And Josh... We talked in the first segment before we got off on the tangent about cars because yeah. we're both like car junkies, Our favorite right? Things. And we're super excited because we have the guys from Paddock One Garage coming on, uh, not next Sunday, but the Sunday after. Correct. That, I Following Sunday. So if you're a car person, you want to tune in because we're going to have a whole show. We're literally going to dedicate a whole show to cars and real estate. We're going to talk about you know different um, different real estate options going on. We're going to talk about different development ideas, things going on in other parts of the country. Um, so we're going to talk more about. I'm cars excited about that one. I think it'll that, be a good show. That's yeah, be a good show. So, so, um, but talk before that about Airbnbs and how there are a lot of people right now that own Airbnbs. They're going to need to sell them because revenues are dropping, vacancies increasing. Uh, there, there was just too many people doing it. There was an mm-hmm. influx of people thinking that it was a new it thing. Everybody, you know, everybody and their brother that had a lower mortgage rate decided to Airbnb it. Now there's too much competition, and there are going to be some people that. Certainly, there'll be some people that decide to just rent, do long-term rentals. If they right? can. Yeah, if they can. If, if the numbers can, work. Correct. But I think there are going to be some people that need to sell. And and so, again, if you're one of those people, if you own an Airbnb and you're tired of it, I, I want to speak to you for a second for those of you that don't want your friends to know that you failed, okay? <laughs> that you've abandoned Airbnbs, yep. okay? We we will buy your house cash. We have cash buyers also that will buy your, your property if it's if it's not a house, if it's a condo, if it's a townhome. Um, if you want to sell the property off market and not have anyone know about it, we can do that too. So again, DuncanDuo.com, you get your home evaluation, and we can go through the different steps of what the processes are. Because I know there are a lot of the Airbnb crowd that put it all over the world. They put it all out there that they're now the Airbnb guru. I'm the last thing they want to do is put their homes on the market and then have everybody be like, oh, you failed. Even though, truthfully, they probably made a lot of money and their properties, yeah. their properties went up. They didn't fail. No. But that's how people's perception is today, unfortunately. Unfortunately, so yeah. If you want to just go off market, we can help you. We can we can sell your Airbnb property. We can sell it quickly. We can get you out. Um, and, and I'm sure you're going to make money if you've bought it the last few years. You're, you're going to do well. So again, you can get your value estimate and sell your Airbnb property at DuncanDuo.com. So let's talk about financing, though, for rental properties. A lot of people have misunderstandings about what they can do from a financing perspective. And we'll have people come in and say, hey, I, I want to use an FHA loan and buy this rental property. Or, you know, or I want a low down payment option for my mm-hmm. rental property. Or um, they, they, um, they want to... 
buy a second home and use rental income for the first home on the new home, even though it's not rented out yet. So there's a lot of things that people don't understand about if they want to finance a rental property. So I want to go through some more bullet points with you and say, hey, here's some things you need to know about if you're going to finance either an Airbnb or a rental property, some stuff you need to have prepared up front. Yeah, um, great points. And it could be limitless. We could talk about it all show. But the main things to focus on when looking at an investment property, one, your credit needs, especially today, Yeah, getting an investment property today versus two years ago, a lot has changed. A little more risky. Well, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, the, the governing bodies, yep. they increased interest rates on investments and second homes by about a point and a half. Right. So they're more costly than they are on a primary residence home. Yep. Much more costly. So what, what would rates look like? Ballpark, not going to hold you to it, but what are ballpark rates on a, on a, on a, on a rental property on today? A, on a rental property today, 7.5 with at least at least a point and a half in points. Okay. Every every investment rate is going to have points. Yep. So point and a half, 7.5%. And for those that don't understand what that means, a point and a half would be 1.5% of what's your- Of the purchase price. You're buying a $500,000 prop, or you're financing $500,000, you'd pay $7,500 in closing costs, a point and a half. And, and so 7.5% interest rate, and, and also down payments. Let's talk about that a little bit, because there's some misnomers about what people think happens with down payments and what, what they have Correct. to have to, to qualify. Correct. You can't do it with no money down. There is no down payment assistance to help that. Now, you used to be able to do 15%, and technically you still can as a minimum, but because of how the rates have gone so high, there isn't a rate that is priceable. That passes what is called an APOR test, a points and fees test. Okay. So it's too costly per the government. So you're looking... 20 to 25% down okay. on an investment home. And does the rate get any better if you put down more? Yes. So if someone says, you know what, I want to put down 50%, will they get a better rate putting down 50% compared to 25%, for example? Uh, or, or even if they put down 30 or 35, does the rate get marginally better? It, it does because it's less risk, right? If you right. think about it. But today, the rate won't really change as much, but the points will be significantly less. Gotcha. So it'll cost you less. It'll if you're, cost the more you less. you're going to put down, it's going to cost you less. So you might go from a 7.5 to a 7.2, and instead of that 7.5 costing 1.5 points, the 7.2 costs 1.5 points with 40% down. Gotcha. Makes sense. So so the other thing that I want to talk about, you, you mentioned credit score. Yeah. Um, to buy a primary residence, there's a lot of... You know, and, and we've talked about this in the past. There, are a lot, there is a lot more government involvement in the financing and purchase of primary residential real estate. There's these incentives. There's these lower down payment programs. Um, you can qualify with a lower credit score because you know they want you in a home and all of these things, right? And there's there's a constant struggle between politicians about how much of that they should do and how much of that they shouldn't do to m- help people become homeowners. That, however, doesn't exist when you're buying, um, you know, rental or investment no, property. It's no. a numbers-based game. Yes, all the cards are on the table for that. There's no help. Um, and and your all. credit score. So so you could go out today with a credit score in the six hundreds, and it, I mean, like I don't mean like low six hundreds, but like let's call the six fifty. Yeah, and you could you can and, you can buy a house and right? potentially qualify for a home. Yes, right. Six fifty to buy an investment property is going to be a little bit more of a struggle. Not happening. Yeah, not six fifty is not happening. I w- yeah. don't quote me on it. I want to say the minimum is a six sixty, might be a six eighty for an investment. And then you're going to pay more depending on your credit score will allow you to qualify Correct. for better and, terms. And, and, and that's what people have to understand. Just because, say, the minimum score is a six sixty for an investment, that doesn't mean 
you're going to get approved. Correct. Just because that's the minimum. That just mean means that's one box that's checked Correct. of many that says you qualify for that. The property is going to meet certain criteria, other parts of your income. Or, you know, what the bank typically is going to want to see is that you can make that mortgage payment if your tenants bounce. And don't and don't show up if you go vacant for a couple months. Correct. If you have a vacancy, they want to know that you have the financial stability to be able to pay it. So they're going to look at assets. They're going to look at income. Um, they're going to look at the property itself. Um, they also want to look at the condition. Correct. You know that if you're buying a property then and you're saying it's going to you know rent at this number, but it's got to have all this money put in it, but you don't have the money. That's a problem. You know you've got to have a plan, and it's got to be pretty well documented. Like 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 we talked about if. You're buying a home for yourself to live in. Uh, there isn't the same amount of risk. You're you're not likely to have vacancy. You need somewhere to live, right? And there are more incentives, uh, tax benefit, governmental influence to allow that to happen. There's programs. There's House for Heroes. There's down payment assistance. There's FHA low down payment mortgages with lower credit scores. There's all these things that have some sort of government influence, the VA loans even, some sort of governmental influence to allow that kind of stuff to happen. That doesn't exist at all on, on second and vacation homes. You need to, the numbers have to work. You've got to show that you can pay it. you got to show that you got money in reserves. You got to show that you can afford it, even if rent doesn't show up. You really have to qualify for those ones. Yeah, yeah. it's it's very in depth the qualification process. A couple of other things though that that are um, interesting, and and I I've known this for a long time, but a lot of people don't. When you do own rental property, and you're not in the real estate business, okay, so you're not a realtor, or you you aren't at, your your company isn't in a real estate business, you don't get the same tax advantages. As someone who is in the real estate business, in other words, like the write-offs and the caps and how long you get to write-off depreciation and some of these benefits. There's so many real estate agents that don't own investment real estate. It's it, it baffles me. Yeah, I wonder why. I don't understand it. It's like you're selling this for a living. Why do you not own real estate? Why do you not own investment real estate? Because you get extra incentives and tax breaks because you're a real estate professional that an average person off the street renting out a house doesn't get. And but, but there are so many. There's so many that don't do it, and I and I don't understand it because I I know personally way more people that have become multimillionaires by investing in real estate than they did from their real estate commissions. You know, it's just they took those commissions and moved them into real estate purchases. I mean, it's our 401k. It's it's our strategic competitive advantage. We look at the market every day. We analyze the data. We have a we that's our that's our IRA. That's our 401k. Mm-hmm. But but so many don't do it. It baffles me why so many real estate agents don't do it. I mean, I teach classes on it, and and you know there there are just so many that that don't invest in real estate. What so, does it do? As I say, not as I do. So if you're a real estate agent listening to this, let me tell you something. You if you are not investing in real estate, it, and you are in the real estate business, you are missing out dramatically. Not just from the inside deals that you get by being in the business, but you're missing out dramatically from the opportunity to uh, write off things and get financial benefits that the public doesn't get when you're in the real estate business when it comes to you know when it comes to either flipping uh, or <clears throat> or um, you know renting out homes yeah and I think during any cyclical market right there's times when you flip there's times when you do long-term rent and there's times yeah. to do Airbnb I mean there's so 100%. many opportunities in every yeah. down and up market yep and people make not, money. and real estate agents not investing in real estate baffles me and and not just and here's the other part of it okay and this this part is another baffling part of it. When people that are investing in real estate, OK, 
okay, and they're using an agent that doesn't invest in real estate or own any, right? Uh, it, it baffles me. Like, like I I can understand the owning any part of it uh, because I, I think for the for the most part, a lot of that can be taught and they can be knowledgeable about the process and they can just have a personal choice to not own any. But the investment side of it is complete no brainer to me. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're literally crunching numbers and wanting to buy investment property, and you're working with somebody that isn't very versed in owning a lot of investment property, what are you doing? You're yeah, that's you know, a the good blinds point. leading the blind. Like, like I think I think someone personally, I, I don't I don't believe someone needs to be a homeowner to be qualified to help someone buy a home. However, I, I do believe. I do believe that if you're buying investment real estate and and you're you, you want an expert on your side, that you need somebody double checking numbers and telling you that they think it's a good deal. That that you know, truthfully, the person helping you run that process should probably be really experienced. And I have look, I have a ton of agents that are super experienced in investment real estate. Me personally, obviously, I have a commercial division that's experienced at it. That own a lot of commercial and investment real estate. But I've got some agents that aren't. So when someone comes into my company and they're looking at investment real estate, we're giving them one of the agents that's we're making sure they're partnered with somebody at my company that's like the right choice for them versus just giving them to any everyday agent that you know, doesn't know what a cap rate is. You know, yeah. and unfortunately it happens all the time. So anyway, we're gonna be back. We're gonna wrap up with our last segment after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show, talk about the Tampa Bay real estate market. When we aren't on there, hit us up at the Duncan Duo. And uh, we talked earlier in the show about Airbnbs. If you if you own an Airbnb property and you're tired of it or the revenues are dropping and you don't want to do any and you just don't want to deal with it anymore, even if you don't want to put it on the market, you just want it off market sold, DuncanDuo.com. Get your instant cash offer market evaluation at DuncanDuo.com. So on the rise, assumable mortgages. Look, we know that when rates fluctuate, you, you, we go through periods of time where rates are higher right now. So mm-hmm. people that bought their house two years ago have three and four and two percent mortgages in some instances. Sometimes those mortgages are assumable, um, meaning that the person can buy the property and take on the new mortgage and then pay the difference in cash to the, you know, to the uh to the, the seller. seller. Now, because properties have appreciated a lot, in order to think about an assumable mortgage, uh, most most people that if they're gonna assume mortgage, this is a two year old property, it's appreciated a lot in two years. You gotta have a lot of cash. Okay. Not only do you have to need to need to have enough uh, debt to income, and um, you know the the a down payment equity into the property to satisfy assuming the mortgage, but you've got to make up the difference to the seller. So there are a lot of people out there saying, "Oh, I'm going to tr- try and find people that have assumable mortgages." So it's a really small niche. Can it work? Yes. Do the stars need to line, and does it need to be a miracle situation? In a lot of situations, yes. Because assuming a mortgage can take a really long time, right? It can take months. People don't even realize how long it can take. So that's that's a problem. The other problem is, uh, again, getting through to someone that actually can tell you whether your mortgage is assumable or not. Right. My mortgage has been sold three times. You know, I got a I got a mortgage that's been sold three times to people. If I call them. They don't know their hand from a foot in the ground because they don't. They can't even pull the original. So you've got to you've got to confirm that your that your loan is is assumable. VA first. loans are assumable. VA loans are assumable, and you don't have, have to be a veteran to, be a veteran no. to assume it. Okay, you just have to qualify. However, the VA person that allows their loan to be assumed that still comes off of I believe it still comes off of their entitlement, so they can't qualify for another VA loan until that one's bought out or refinanced. They can, 
but well, they, they can, can only qualify for to, a dollar amount. They have to use bonus entitlement, which is a calculation where they take the entitlement used and see how much. So you could potentially get another house with zero down, or you may have to put a certain a little of bit of money down, down to yeah. even things up. But yeah, yep. so so VA loans are a great one yeah. that can be assumable. But again. The process for finding out if someone has a VA loan, I know I've been teaching and t- talking to my company about it, be asking people if they bought in the last few years, ask them, you know, what type of loan do they have? Do they have an assumable mortgage? Because that could be something attractive to market Correct. the property. Um, but if you're someone out there saying, I only want to find properties that have assumable mortgage, you're going to have a really hard time doing that. Because it's, it's hard to look that up. It's hard to look it up. And there are a lot of real estate agents who just don't know what they're doing and don't ask it and then don't even know and then put a house on the market and they had no idea. You know, because Correct. they didn't ask those questions. And so, and then look, you and I have both dealt with real estate agents, okay? You know how hard, you know how, not hard, you know how easy it is to get a real estate license? And you don't have to be, you don't have to, it, it, isn't, it isn't that hard, truthfully. Yep. Like I've seen people get real estate licenses. I'm like, how in the world does that, does that person even have a license? <laughs> um, because the point being that sometimes the person isn't super educated, doesn't, doesn't get info from the seller, and then the seller is left. Um, kind of marketed poorly because of aspect of being able to sell that property properly could have helped them get more money. And then the buyer doesn't even know. So a buyer finding out, there isn't like a quick search box that you can check on any of the, uh, the MLS sites. There's no way to find that out. But can it happen? Are there circumstances? Yes, it can. And yes, there are, but it's rare. What are some other hoops people have to jump through if they're going to assume a mortgage? I mean, you hit the biggest ones that... I would say one of the the biggest hoops that people don't think about is, oh, I can assume that mortgage. It's great. Well, that mortgage balance is two hundred grand. They want six hundred thousand for that home. Right. You got to come up four hundred four hundred thousand down. Yeah. So there's that piece to it, but the other piece, and I spoke to one of my referral partners, and you know, fortunately for me, all the referral partners I have, the agents I work with, I mean, they're just sharp, right? A lot of them yeah. being at your office, yeah. they're on it. And she had a client. It was approved with me, and she's like, hey. This house has an assumable mortgage. I know that's not good for you. So, full disclaimer: I don't, I can't do that loan. They're right. going to the other lender, so we miss out on the deal, which I'm fine with if it's better for the client. The mortgage company called up the client, and they got the realtor on the phone, and she's like, "Hey, can we get an update? It's been 30 days." She's like, "Listen, I'm just going to tell you honestly, we offer this legally, but we we don't never, really want to do it. We've never had to do this. We don't have a department to do this." This is going to take about three months. Yeah. So hang tight. Yeah. So I think time factor. So if that seller isn't willing, because nobody really knows how long it's going to take. Right. If they need to be out of that house in 30 days, it might not be a viable option. Correct. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. And there, and again, you've got to make up the difference to the seller. You've got to have That's cash. That's the biggest you know? piece. So, so again, if they bought it and they're, they have a ton of equity, okay, you've got to have cash, Correct. right? So so for me, who really makes the most sense to for the assumable mortgage probably isn't the normal everyday homeowner. It's probably investors yeah. that can that can monetize that, come up with cash and then get to assume a mortgage at, at a really low rate, you know, because they can make they can make more money somewhere else. Correct. So I think that's where the audience of people I think that's where you can where you can do well with it. You can assume that mortgage as, as an investor you know, with a debt with, you know, you're going into it and you're going to have a, a low, um, a high down payment, a high equity position. So you're probably going to get assumed if your credit's good and you have good income and all that. So I think there are a lot of, um, a, certainly a lot of investors that that'll make the most sense to. 
I think a lot of investors will start tracking and going after it, sending letters it's to good people. Market. Like, I mean, I think it's a, it's a home run market. But for the average everyday home buyer, the likelihood of being able to find an assumable house mortgage and have the timelines work up and have the cash to make up the difference is is probably pretty slim. Yeah, but it can happen. It can. It can. It's it's rare. So we appreciate you tuning in. When we aren't on air again, at the Dunkin' Duo and all the socials, and have an awesome rest of your Sunday, Tampa Bay. Again, thank you for tuning in.